The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time with your hosts, Katie Marley. You know, it's a common thought that we can never balance our time and our money. We run out of money when there are still so many days on the calendar. What are some of the ideas and tools that will help us more efficiently manage these two resources? On today's program, you'll learn how being mighty is the result of transforming one's life. One insight, one choice, one action at a time. Now, here is K.D. Marley, which is K-Mar and D. Lee. Welcome to our show, The Mighty Gems. My name is Kmar, and I am here with my co-host, Dee Lee, and our guest host, Lynn Shirell. Today we are continuing to explore our focus on Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. And these everyday jewels are things that we tend to overlook because we think they're just ordinary things in our ordinary life. But if you stop and pay attention to them, they're actually really pretty interesting. Um, we can see that they're actually more extraordinary even though we take them for granted as being ordinary. Last week we looked at the jewel of our inner light and how to polish the facets of our inner light. Today we're going to be looking at communication. Here's another thing that most of us take completely for granted. The word communication is derived from a Latin word communis which means common. So to communicate means to exchange thoughts and ideas in a way that other people can understand that is a method that you have in common. We use, in addition to words, we use gestures, signs, signals. We can write. We can speak. We can text. All these are different things, different ways of communicating. Brian Tracy said, communication is a skill that you can learn. It's like riding a bicycle or typing. If you're willing to work at it, you can rapidly improve the quality of every part of your life. Communication is extremely important in our lives. Think what happens when you're talking with somebody and halfway through the conversation you realize that they're totally thinking that you're saying something that's completely different from what you're actually trying to say and the chaos that miscommunication can can have. And one of the things to keep in mind here is that communication is, is a two-way street. It's not just us talking or writing or saying what we're thinking or whether it's through words or non other nonverbal methods. But for communication to actually happen, there needs to be somebody on the other end that is receiving these ideas and these concepts and these feelings that you're trying to convey. And if they're not understanding what you're saying or you're not understanding what they're saying, again, I think we've all experienced these kinds of communication mix-ups and they can cause all kinds of problems. Most of our waking life is spent sending 
or receiving information. But we generally think that, oh, well, everybody knows how to talk, everybody knows how to listen, so we don't really think that we need, this is something we need to work at or to improve. And then to make things even more of a challenge, there's all the acronyms and abbreviations that have shown up, and they've Acronyms and abbreviations have always been around, but with the advent of texting and I think even emails, we have just come up with shorter and shorter and shorter ways to say what we're trying to think. And it's like a brand new language, particularly in the social media. The problem is that only 7% of communication happens with words. Another oh, I believe it's 30-something percent happens through the tone of voice, that you understand what the person's trying to say by the tone of their voice and their infl- the inflections in their voice. But the vast majority of understanding what somebody is saying comes from nonverbal, the, communi- the gestures, the body language. And when we're talking about social media, with its focus on just the words, the texting, You're missing the tone of voice, the inflections. You're missing the body gestures, the body language. That's one of the reasons why it's really easy to get mixed up with what's going on when you're talking with just texting or just in social media. Anthony Robbins. We've got a lot of really good quotes on on communication today. Anthony Robbins said, To effectively communicate... We must realize that we are all different in the way we perceive the world and use this understanding as a guide to our communication with others. You know, something you just said triggered in my mind. One of my mentors once said, don't ever put something that's either negative or that could be misconstrued in an email or a text because it it changes and Mm -hmm. people don't know how to, you know, how to interpret it. So they put their own spin on it. So, and that is so true that The other thing I've read in conjunction with that is don't ever put anything in an email that you would not want to have published in the front page of the newspaper. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, that's illuminating. (laughs) Yeah. Contrary to popular opinion, email is not private. Well, there you go. And, you know, there's like supposedly there are these great big huge agencies that are that can tap really anything that we're saying at any time. That they yeah. can listen in. I mean, it's like, come on, everything's all interconnected. It's crazy. I don't know. I am, and it somehow that just reminded me of another story in my head, which is a complete and total digression, but we'll go there. Um, in the, a couple years ago, this guy lost his internet. And he's like, wait a minute, I, I need to call someone. The, the repairman came. He said, well, a squirrel ate your internet. He said, what? And they went out in the backyard, and this squirrel had indeed chewed through the wire of his internet. And he said, wait a minute, is it possible that all of this is, you know, wires? And he did this whole journey. I think he did a TED Talk about it. And he traced all the wires all over the world into like big communication centers. There's one big building in New York that basically handles the United States. And and then he was like, this is crazy. And then he followed it and he went under the ocean. Mm-hmm. And there was a big story where these Vietnamese fishermen went deep and they kind of pulled up. Uh, they couldn't figure out why their boat almost capsized and they were yanking and pulling. And it turned out that they pulled the cable that had the internet wire in it and they took out the whole country. Or like, oh, wow. Just, oh, wow. You know, yeah, it's really interesting. It's just a whole bunch of wires all over the planet. It's really weird. 
So yeah, so like 80% of our waking life, something like that is spent in sending and receiving information to communicate with. And uh, along those lines, someone named Sidney Harris said, the two words information and communication are often used interchangeably, but they significant they, they signify quite different things. Information is giving out, communication is getting through. And I think that's a really powerful statement. Just think what life would be like if we didn't have communication. Well, I guess first of all, it would be blissfully silent. <laughs> but, you know, then we're also trapped in our own minds. So I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a big payoff. Effective communication really is one of the most important skills you need. And, and as you said, most people think that they know how to do it because we've done it all of our lives. It's, communication is a two-way process that most people don't really think about when they go through their day. Each of us is constantly sharing ideas and thoughts and feelings, and we assume that those are all understood. And we think just because that we said it or we know what we meant when we said it that the other person is getting it the same way. And here's an example of that. Um, as you know, uh, If a girl has a crush on a guy, she sends out a little butterfly of love from her heart to let him know. No, except it has to go through all of her beliefs and past experiences and distortions to get out of her energy field. And by the time it reaches him, it's a pterodactyl. <laughs> and especially because it had to go through his perceptions and energy field, which are unique to him. So he gets a signal and he chooses to send one back. And by the time she gets it, it's now some winged gargoyle beast that approximates manly strength and virility for her because it's all she knows. It seems like it's all the other signals that she's gotten when she thought that men were attracted to her. So it, you know, we, love is what we think it is, right? So perceived value. Yeah, right. <laughs> So you know, love one really of the things is a- about um, the problems that we have communicating. It's uh, something my children's elementary school teachers did. They told the kids to write out on paper how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> we did that. <laughs> and then actually tried to follow the instructions. And yeah, we're <laughs> unless we work at it, sometimes we're pretty lousy at communicating. Absolutely. Yeah, like you end up you end up making a peanut butter sandwich spread on the table. Like there's no <laughs> butter, there's no bread, whatever. Like, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. And, you know, the point is really if we're not actively participating in this exchange of critical information with clarity and specificity and ensuring that the other has understood what it was that you really meant, you can lose time and energy and it can cause conflicts and it's just, you know, oy vey, it's just kind of a mess. George Bernard Shaw said the single biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it's taken place. And, uh, you know, that's huge. As you go through the communication process, it's important to remember there are internal and external situations that you need to consider and then actively monitor as you go. And these might not be obvious, you know, think of the butterfly and the pterodactyl. I mean, it's really helpful to know they exist and make sure the message that you're trying to convey is received correctly. And to know this, it's about watching the actions of your receiver to make sure that you've connected, which is impossible in email or text, right? So, Mm -hmm. and there's some like famous skits of people that are, you know, funny, like, um, Oh, I forget the guy's names now. But anyway, hilarious. And then uh, there's also the people that are doing the smartphones when the smartphones, you know, autocorrect. You know, oh. so on top of this language, you know, it's like, you know, autocorrect is my worst enema. You know, it's yep. like, what? You know. <laughs> so some things that you can watch for, though, if you are, if you do have the luxury of being with someone. They could get in the way of being understood or where you can read that things aren't translating. They might, not have, uh, they might have a hearing problem and you might not know that. 
that happened just the other day. I was at a coffee shop and the owner can't hear out of one ear. And so a lady was trying to flag him down and he couldn't hear her. And she was just walking away. And she was like, well, I said, well, he has a hearing problem. She, oh, and so then she got herself up and went over there and it was fine, you know, but, you know, and it could also be that somebody's tired. Maybe they're not focusing there. Maybe they just don't know how to listen. You know, they just, they don't get, or, or maybe they're just uninterested, which that's a big sign. You know, maybe he's just not that into you. <laughs> Yeah. Or it might be that they have a negative attitude or, or they have this, you know, big, huge display of unexpected emotions. It's just, you know, and then when you think about the external environment, it could be noisy and full of distractions. The phone or the Skype connection could be a challenge. You know, the, one of the things on Skype is that if you're talking, you don't know if it's bubbling on the other end, like where they can't hear you. It's like they're, you know, on their screen, you're a frozen image, but you don't know that, right? Uh, or maybe your, your your email or their email wasn't working and the message didn't even get through. Or maybe too many technical words are making things complicated and your receiver doesn't actually know what you're saying. I have this with my web development team in India and the differences are subtle. Um, about a week ago, I sent them a request to create an upsell page and we had three or four exchanges about it and went back and forth and we're talking about it. And I thought, you know, this, I kept having to, you know, say, no, 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 this goes here. And here's, finally, I drew it out in a flow chart on a piece of paper. Finally, I got a note back saying they had looked up the word upsell in Wikipedia. Now they get it. I was like, oh. <laughs> yes. The challenges of having different languages. Oh, man. And brilliant. Like, we come together and we make beautiful websites. But, you know, that behind the scenes where it's like, wait, what did you, what? <laughs> or, you know, the category the other day, I said, could you just make this, you know, something like a miscellaneous or something? And so they named the category generals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's a little different. We don't need any men barking at us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's interesting. Have you I seen those Prince websites where... Um, that has different languages, signs in different languages that have been translated into other languages. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, somebody just using a Spanish Japan to English or English to Japanese or whatever dictionaries. Mm-hmm. And they're hilarious. Absolutely. Uh, image well, is worth a thousand words. It is. It, it, try, I just tried putting something together that I bought from Best Buy and it was like really (laughs) you want me to do what (laughs) I just had to go by the pictures what you just said yeah so it was pretty funny I think Prince started all this remember when Prince changed his name and it was some symbol and so then everybody just called him the artist that was formerly named Prince yes it's like really (laughs) oh it's so funny it's so funny you know we have our ideas but oh yeah don't always translate we Ernest Hemingway said, um, Hemingway said, I like to listen. I have learned a great deal from listening carefully. Most people never listen. And as you share your ideas and others, make sure you are an active participant so that you are also giving the receiver a chance to respond to what you have shared. Benjamin Franklin had some other good advice. Tell me and I'll forget. Show me and I might remember. Involve me and I will understand. So it's really um, um, communication requires, I think, on the, from the, for the best basic steps to actually be participant. Um, my my uh, communication with my in my process here um, is going haywire. <laughs> <laughs> the um, basic steps of communication are 
systems in process. And it's really like having a transaction that has two sides. And we, we like to think it's in balance because we're sharing something and someone is actively receiving it and acting on it or thinking about it on the other end. So there's really five basic steps that you want to keep in mind. When you do communication, and this would be for any kind of communication, where you create the message, be clear about what you want to say, and you know, really look through the different kinds of ways you can say it so that you, know, you make it appropriate to the audience that you're trying to get uh, to respond or listen to you um, through either the oral or the written. Um, think about how you want to transmit it. Is it better to do it personally? in a regular meeting, on the phone, via Skype, via letter or email. Think about the person that uh, the message is going in to be um, delivered to and listen for any kinds of uh, situations where that might be a problem. You know, getting feedback is really an active participation, looking at people's responses or hearing if they have a problem. And sometimes there is a problem with translation if there is a, a barrier in, and that you might not know, there might be a breakdown with the message. Um, so it's, it's good to know about the internal and external barriers that might result um, and keep an eye on the response. I mean, did somebody, did you send an important email and nobody responded? You might not have gotten the email across. So it'd be important to call the person. So it's really being participatory and working with those different um, skills to keep a message flowing because that's really part of the commu communication exchange. So in a balanced situation, you'd have a communicator and a receiver that were both on the different basis points. And there are really some basics like speaking with respect, listening for understanding, cooperating with others, and then speaking so people can understand. And with that understanding, we're going to break for a minute here, a couple minutes, and we will be right back with our uh, views on communication. Thank you. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Like so many others, do you put on a game face to the world? The stress of home life, work life, and personal life converge on us on practically a daily basis. Yet, so rarely do we let others see our real selves, and we carry on like we don't have a single problem. We need to connect and to find out we're not alone. Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadiq to find out not only what's been created, but the story behind it. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Mighty Gems. And when we broke before the commercials, we were talking about the two-way street of communication. And something I just wanted to throw in here, too, there's a whole process called active listening. And it's a skill, again, like communication in general, it's a skill that can be learned. But it's a way of listening to where... When someone else is speaking, you're not sitting there thinking, okay, as soon as they shut up, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. So when, in fact, somebody else is talking, you're really not listening. You're thinking what you're going to say when there's a pause in, the, in what that other person is talking about. Whereas in active listening, you're not thinking about what you're going to say next. You're really, truly paying attention to what that person is saying, and you ask questions to see if you're understanding them correctly and it's a really valuable skill to have and when you have that ability to actively listen in such a way that really improves the quality of your communications with other people. I was going to cut you off so I could demonstrate the point but I decided to actively listen and wait. (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. Nonverbal communication is so critical, as we said earlier in the, the first part of the hour, as so much of what we communicate and how we communicate is based on things other than words. And we have this gift of nonverbal verbal communication with other people. We also have that with the animals that are in our lives. And... A lot of times we tend to think, you know, it's just a dog, just a cat, just a bird, whatever. They don't speak English or they don't speak my language. How on earth can I communicate with them? When in reality, you can have some pretty profound communications with your animal friends. Kick it back to other people for a minute, other humans. Have you ever had the image of a friend come to mind and then you got a phone call? Or you felt like you should call them. And it's, I was just thinking of you and wanted to say hello. Or you just knew something was wrong, so you called them to find out what was going on in their lives. This is a nonverbal thing. Uh, we're a lot better at it when we're children. Before we get all these, we've talked a lot about the glasses, the different glasses of perception. And when we're children, we don't really have those sentences firmly on our faces yet we're still trying out different glasses and so children are a lot more open to the possibility of communicating with people in ways other than words when a lot of times if we start talking about think or thinking about talking communicating with our animal friends we think about that uh, children's book dr Doolittle. 
who actually could speak to the animals using the animal languages. And the story is pretty funny when you read it. But if you stop and think about it, what was really going on there? He was able to read their body language and know what they talked about, what they were communicating through their body language. And we can do the same, same sorts of things. If you have a cat, what does a cat's slow blinking at you mean? And what happens if you slow blink back? What are you telling the cat? If a dog gets down with their front paws flat on the floor and their butt up in the air and their tail's wagging, what are they saying to you? What happens if you do the same pose back? Of course, you don't have a tail to wag, but, you know, getting down with your elbows on the floor and your butt up in the air, what are you saying in dog language? You're saying, let's play. You can also do this even without body language, just Try closing your eyes, sitting quietly, closing your eyes, and open your heart and think about your furry friend and focus on them. And it can happen very frequently that they'll show up in your mind and, and sometimes they'll give you a look of, what's well, about time you figured out how to talk to me. Um, there's no correct way to do this. It can be different for every every person you can get pictures in your head kind of like a movie script or you can just have a sense of knowing something with your feelings and one thing to keep in mind here is the heart doesn't hear no so if you're communicating with your cat and you want to say in some way shape or form don't get up on the counters you can't frame it as a negative because all they're going to hear is, it's okay to get up on the counters. And that's really not what you're trying to say. So it's, it's more of a um, focusing on the behavior that you do want and the behavior that is very positive. You can't yell in your heart and get the communication across that way. Another thing with animals is that they generally know what's going on with us, even a lot of times before we do. And so you can't lie to them about how you feel because they know it. They know it before you acknowledge it in yourselves. Your furry friend could take on your stresses, your fears, your frustrations, and can manifest these as illnesses. Something to think about. If you're pet comes down well I should shouldn't just say furry furry and feathered because and you know there's people who have birds or pets or other other or um, gerbils hamsters other, other kind of pets but pay attention to them and sit down and figure out how to communicate with them with your heart and you'll be amazed at how much better it makes your relationship with them you know, and dogs have masters, but cats have slaves. Better <laughs> exactly. <if> you <laughs> this is too true. And you know I, what? One of my friends, he was having a really hard time in life. He'd had a cat for, I don't know, 18 years. This cat was so old, but really in great shape. And then his life got really hard. He was moving and he lost his job and all this stuff. And he got really unhappy. And the cat developed feline diabetes. Mm-hmm. 
And then when he started getting his life back on track, the cat got better. Yeah. It's crazy. The, the tie that we have with the animals in our lives is really amazing. And I have this firsthand. I have a service dog. And the nonverbal communication is very much a part of our lives together. And one of the things that's amazing about having him is the completely unconditional attention and acceptance that he gives. And there's a lot of people who really don't know much about service animals, service dogs. And until I got one, I really didn't know that much myself. Legally, service dogs are not pets. Did you know that? I did not know that. Legally, a service dog is a medical device, which sounds really strange. With a wag. It does. (laughs) A device with a wag. (laughs) Service dogs are dogs that are individually trained to assist one single person with a disability. And... The reason why they have the right of public access, you might see them in restaurants or the mall or whatever, is because they're not pets. They're something that a person with a disability requires in order to be able to function in our world the way other people who don't have that kind of disability can function without the dog. And one of the side notes here is not all disabilities are visible. Some of them are like you see a person sitting in a wheelchair or a visually handicapped person with a cane. Those are pretty pretty visible. But there's a lot of disabilities that are not visible. And from having been on the receiving end of this, and Dee, you've actually been with me as we went through the training together and have gone around and things. You can't make assumptions about the state of a person's health by looking at them. I can't make that assumption about somebody else and, you know, I can look at you and, oh, you look perfectly fine. But just the way you look doesn't tell me whether or not you have an issue that would create a disability for you. The most commonly known service dogs are the seeing eye dogs or the guide dogs and these are the dogs that help help people with visual impairments to get around, to move around in our world. There are dogs that help with wheelchairs, people who are in wheelchairs. They can help pull the wheelchair or they can retrieve things for the person that's in the wheelchair. wheelchair. There are dogs that help with people who have seizures. They can alert the person that a seizure is coming so that the person can sit down and, and be prepared instead of just having the seizure come on them unawares. There are dogs that are trained to help take care of people after they have seizures. Um, These dogs can remind somebody to take their medications. They can calm somebody down when they're having a panic attack. There's all, all kinds. If a person is hearing impaired, the dog can help them by letting them know when the phone rings or when their alarm goes off in the morning or if somebody's talking to them and they're not facing that person. If somebody says their name, the dog can tell the person that, hey, somebody just called your name, turn around. Um, one of the things about having a service dog, and I experienced this one firsthand because the little guy I have is very, very cute. 
and people want to pet him. And so they tend not to see the vest that says he's a service dog and that he's working. And I've actually been told, well, if you're going to have a service dog, you should at least have an ugly one that no one wants to pet. You know, it's so funny because people, you, if, and I'm sort of just observing, but it's, it's like people's lights go on. You can see their eyes flash. You can see the light in their soul going on when they see a, a cute little service dog. And they lean forward and they're like wanting to exchange right away. It's like, like a little baby, you know, they're, they're, they do that too. Oh, they're so cute. I want to pet them so much. And I can't do this. I mean, they're, they're, you get this kind of really interesting emotional exchange going on and you kind of think well that's somebody that really has a challenge because <laughs> they they aren't thinking in terms of that that service animal is helping the person and they people tend not to even see the person they don't ask i mean it's a very interesting social situation <laughs> You know, we were talking earlier about the difference between children and adults when it comes to communication. And I can be somewhere out in public with my dog, and children always, always notice him. But if we're in a place where people are conditioned not to see animals, like a restaurant or even in the mall, the adults a lot of times don't see him. It's our their glasses of perception say there are no dogs in this space so I do not see a dog and children are much more open to what's their environment and they always always see him it's it's really interesting um, and just if you're not around somebody who has a service dog just a, a couple points of etiquette here the dog's working and the dog is working for that person and in some cases, if you distract the dog, actual harm could happen to that person. So it's really important to ignore the dogs when they're working. Um, there's, there's so many different kinds of service dogs. There's so many kinds of medical issues that people have help with the dogs with. There's the post-traumatic stress disorder dogs. There's different kinds of medical alert dogs. There's mobility assistance dogs. Oh, and some of the other myths that dogs have to be a certain breed, like a golden retriever or a German shepherd or a Labrador. That's not true. Um, dogs have to be a certain size. That's not true. A Great Dane can make just as good of a service dog as a Chihuahua can. And Plus yes, I've seen both. <laughs> now, if you're going to have a seeing eye dog or a mobility assistance dog, somebody to help if you have balance issues or need help getting around, you probably want them to be a bigger dog. But for a lot of the issues, the size of the dog doesn't matter. The breed of the dog doesn't matter. It has a whole lot to do with the temperament of the dog, not the breed or the size. So there again, you can't look at a dog and say, oh, well, it's not a German Shepherd, so it's just a pet. You know, it can be any breed, any shape or size. It doesn't have to be a specific breed. It can be a good old all-American mutt, um, what I call the Heinz 57 dogs. You never know what's in them. So they're actually really, really amazing animals. And one of the blessings of having one is the intense 
communication that he and I have because he's with me 24-7. It's just an awesome thing. And, you know, you get so used to that, to having them with you and learning how to speak dog. Um, There's an awesome book called The Other End of the Leash where it teaches you how to speak dog. There are probably books like that for cats and birds, but I don't know of them. Um, But, you know, if you have an animal companion in your life, I'd encourage you to figure out how to speak their language, how to talk with them in ways that they can understand. It's a really pretty awesome experience when you get that, hey, I understand what you're saying. You just got down on the floor and acted like you want to play with me. All right, let's go play. That sort of thing. It's a very, very amazing connection to have. I've always wanted an oak barrel dog. You know, one of the big St. Bernards with his little oak barrel with his little half-liter <laughs> underneath his chin. <laughs> yeah. They're big dogs. Yes. <laughs> we yeah, he wouldn't really fit in my space. <laughs> yeah. I'm really efficient here. <laughs> oh, man. I am. Um, I went to the other, uh, I don't know, probably, it was probably like three months ago now because it was still nice weather. But I was uh, at a park and I saw a number of huge Great Dane dogs. And it turned out that there's actually a Great Dane society in my area. There had to be 100 Great Danes. I mean, these big, you know, big Marmaduke dogs. That's a Great mm-hmm. Dane, right? Yeah. Well, whatever the Marmaduke dog is, there were just it's all these Marmaduke dogs. Oh, my God. They were, they were everywhere. They were like horses running through this park. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, man. They are very big dogs. Yeah, but so wonderful. Just playful. And, you know, just I think that that's why people watch YouTube videos of cats and dogs and pets and, you know, um, silly you know, um, silly animal tricks because it makes Mm -hmm. us laugh and it just makes us feel good. You know, I read a study somewhere that said if we just watch an animal play for like 15 seconds, our mood improves. So Mm -hmm. there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Watching cats chase their tail in the middle of your bed, (laughs) (laughs) especially one that doesn't normally do it. And she's very intent on catching that tail. You you can't help but smile. You know, it's like, where did you, what did you do? (laughs) Well, my dog will do things deliberately and then look over at me to see if I'm watching and then just do something even more crazy just to get me to laugh. <laughs> and So they know they're entertaining us and they love doing it too. They hopefully have people watching. That's part of their audience. And with that in mind, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back uh, to share more Mighty Jewels. your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you living your dream yet? If not, then why not? Everyone has a greatness inside of them to achieve what they deserve in their lives. But how do you find the motivation to get started? Tune in to Your Authentic Life with host Susan Cranston. Susan's advice, along with expert guests, will help you improve your relationships, start or change your career, and achieve the seemingly unattainable goal. Listen live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time, with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome to Mighty Gems, where we're exploring the jewel of communication. And Penelope Keith, I'm not really sure who she said who she is, but what she said is brilliant. She said, in this great age of communication, there are a lot of people you can't actually understand. I know everyone tweets and twits and texts and all of that, but actually we've got voices, and it's awfully nice to hear them, especially if you can understand what people are saying. There is a new language being created today as a result of the tech explosion. Smartphones and tablets give us little tiny messages throughout the day. And interestingly enough, we think that this is all new, but actually text messaging has its roots in from the 1920s. I can't wait to share that with you. But first, we have to talk about a little bit. Uh, uh, there's a statistic that sets. A, isn't that interesting? Like, <laughs> what are you laughing? Am I talking too fast? No, <laughs> it's just, you know, the stats just kind of blow your mind. Ah, yeah, they do. They really do. I mean, to set the context of how vital all this is, really, um, the Cellular Communica- Telecommunications and Internet Association says there are 158 billion text messages that was sent in 2006. That's like, that's forever ago. That's like nine years ago, 10 years ago. That's a long time, That's uh, which equates to about 300,000 messages sent per minute then. Can you imagine what it is now? They said something like point. Uh, what is it? 20% of the population is on Facebook. 20% of the world's population is on Facebook. That is crazy. There's a lot of information being shared. But the remaining question is really, is the information all understood by the receivers of it? So as the information exchange is getting faster and faster, and of course, and you know, as you're listening to me, I get faster and faster because I get really excited. I'm kind of all into, I'm into tech. I'm into like communicating and like sound bites. I just think it's cool. So, you know, and, and we have an increasing dependence on it. With the development and the use of faster technologies, it's really important to not lose touch with the basic skills you need to actually communicate. You need to understand the process behind the process. So, you know, people are using um, a form of shorthand that has acronyms and abbreviations when they're tweeting and texting. And, you know, you want to be able to speak that lingo. Um, There's a texting dictionary, which is very handy. It's at www.netlingo.com, N-E-T-L-I-N-G-O. And as these abbreviations are more commonly used as language in texting and tweeting, these 
abbreviations and codes are actually making it into the Oxford Dictionary, which is wild. They're they're becoming formalized words um, of our time, I mean, of our language. And getting back to the history lesson that I was promising, um, there is influence from the ancient Romans and Greeks for abbreviated language. I think that is so cool. They're related to the shorthand systems um, used called the Greg system of handwriting. Um, these just abbreviated terms are just really another way to write. Think about all the late, the, the uh, what are they called? Stenographers, you mm-hmm. know, that were mm-hmm. in the courts, you know, when they're doing shorthand, that's literally, you know, it's a whole other language. And in college, now this is, uh, you know, Kay, you might, re- uh, the theory of what is it? Uh, logistics? No, logic. Linguistics. Linguistics. It's the one where three dots and a triangle means therefore. I think it's logic. Oh, logic. Yeah. 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 Like there's a language within the language. Like it's just crazy. Yeah, so, you know, really. Symbolic logic. Symbolic logic. So there are abbreviations that have been um, commonly used um, in the 20th century, really, with Franklin D. Roosevelt, who is really FDR, right? You know, interesting. Um, and the first use of OMG has been traced to have uh, been used in 1917 by a British admiral. Isn't that cool? Oh, my God. I just, I think it's wild. (laughs) I think it's just crazy. But it still comes back to the basics needed as a skill for communication to be effective. And it's just another medium of exchanging ideas and thoughts and feelings. And as a personal fun fact, let's see if you get this one. I grew up in the land of PBR me ASAP. (laughs) Now you know where I'm from, right? I don't know. Do you guys, do you watch the show Elementary at all with Sherlock Holmes and Watson? Uh -uh. So funny. I have a TV right now. Oh, really? Oh, well, then it won't make any sense. Okay. Well, Sherlock is this like brilliant, you know, he solves all these cases and he's using, you know, a a phone and he texts things and he'll put in like three letters and it's supposed to represent an entire statement and nobody can figure out what it means. The only person who can read what his shorthand is, is Watson. So that was kind of my point. So, but you know, I am H O N B D. Ha ha ha. Yeah. It means in my humble opinion, no big deal. So Imho Nubud. <laughs> is this TMI? Meaning too much information? Q, right? Or TTYL. That means talk to you later or type to you later, text you later. So like we have all these little acronyms that are just starting to become commonplace and, and we're using them. They, and they, they really do just speed things up. And, you know, if it's, I have um, BTW, that's one of mine, by the way, you know, that's one of mine because I always have something else more to say. <laughs> I know you're surprised. <laughs> Yeah, and they, in the exchange, I always put thoughts, and I go, I'm going to get quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. If you send me an email and say thoughts, I got some. <laughs> Doesn't matter that's what cool. the subject that's, is. <laughs> that's part of the giving and receiving um, process, you know, those exchanging, and how fun is that? You know, mm. because <clears throat> if people are always spewing out information but never receiving response or feedback it becomes really frustrating sometimes and T.S. Eliot shared for last year's words belong to last year's language and next year's words await another voice and so it would be good to hear a voice to the technical language but I don't know if I want to get a technical voice you know the I had heard about um, some other technical solutions that do text 
or use text and add voice or use uh, voice inflection and try to ex share information without actually te texting and with different people's enunciations and word choice, it can be quite a mung, um, mangled mess <laughs> coming through on the other someone, end. I saw another sitcom where someone had a heavy accent and they were trying to get the text to the voice to text to actually work on their computer. <laughs> this thing went sideways. Like it just. <laughs> It was not good. I mean, it, they basically wrote some, like, they ended up writing a pornographic letter when they were just trying to say, hi, mom, you know, kind of one of those deals. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it went well, completely good. sideways. Well, it's good to come back and, and remember that the basics of communication is a system, and there is a process for sharing your ideas, your thoughts, and feelings so that you can be understood. And when we speak, we listen and observe. It's, it's a balancing of the transaction that you're sharing. So watch yourself, you know, pay attention and um, observe when you are sharing, is someone listening? If they're not listening, you might stop talking and see if they listen. <laughs> or listening for the silence and going, what? What did you say? If you spend a lot of time texting as you're doing other things because of your belief of uh, advantages to multitasking, be really uh, you know pay attention to where you're going. If you're are texting and walking somewhere, it's very um, if you are observing a public area, um, take a minute and sit and watch because people are you know on multiple levels are walking around texting and walking and they could very well walk into something or into I've done that. People. I've actually done that. <laughs> You've done I that? I actually have walked into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah. And then go to when you're at a restaurant, watch families. Um it's it's an, a new situation because sometimes you'll have a family of five and the three kids are on their uh, mobile devices. I don't know if they're texting each other or they're having conversations with their parents via text, but there's a lot, not a lot of verbal communication going on. There's a lot of individual uh, texting. When you're driving, it's illegal to text uh, in most areas. And so that's also a distraction when you should be paying attention to where you're going. So it's really taking the time necessary to communicate, but also take the time to get time away from all this um, where you have to be on something all the time because that's not a, a good healthy choice. Yeah, you need an e-tox, right? <laughs> <laughs> Exchange the message and take the time to, you know, actually rejuvenate yourself. So BTW, I am AFK and AFP. This translates to, by the way, I'm away from the keyboard and away from the phone. And BRB means be right back, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> not that we're saying that. We're not leaving for any commercial, no. but, it, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, I get a, a kick out of the different texting, and I think teenagers really are the ones at the forefront of changing the language with the use of texting. And you know, then gradually the adults pick it up, too. But the whole abbreviations for spelling and, you know, I, I'm one of those old school ones that had those old school English teachers that you did not use abbreviations and everything was spelled out. 
So I think people probably crack up, up if they get my text because I still can't bring myself to use most of the abbreviations because <laughs> I still have these English teachers standing in my head going, don't you dare abbreviate that. Or make it all in caps. <laughs> yeah, don't shout at people. I have been yeah. told that if you make it all in caps, that's considered shouting. Which have you heard the latest Snapchat is a an, an app where whenever you see, you can snap a photo or a video or add a caption and and they see it and then it disappears, like it just goes away, like they have wow. ten seconds to see it or something like that. Like everything is just speeding up, everything's just faster, faster. So <laughs> you hmm. kind of have to think a little fat, like you know, get it in there. Does that mean your birthday goes faster too? <laughs> I think so. Every year they're going faster. What is up with that? <laughs> they do. They do, don't they? But the actual number doesn't change. Yeah, so it's, well. a, it's a, an illusion that you're, you're speeding through life, but the number sequence is the same. Pace. Right. Age is a state of mind. I remember my grandmother telling me that she didn't know who that person was when she looked in the mirror, but it wasn't her because she knew she wasn't that old. I am 27 in my head. Yeah. I will be yeah. forever. Yeah. My mom was 39, and when, when I passed 39, she said, I'm still 39. <laughs> That's a little difficult. That's an illusion. <laughs> really bends time and space there, Mom. <laughs> yep. Words can hurt or heal. What did yours do today? Stop and think. And in this age of faster and faster and faster communication, sometimes it's good to take a step back and just pause and ponder and reflect. What did your words do today? Winnie the Pooh, one of my all-time favorite characters, says, don't underestimate the value of doing nothing, of just going along, listening to all the things you can't hear, and not bothering. And... I don't know how familiar you are with it, but there's a book called the Tao Te Ching, which is the sayings of Lao Tzu, a Chinese philosopher. And one of the things that he talks about is the value in the empty spaces. And sometimes there's more value in listening to what hasn't been said than in what actually was said. In, in taking it away from communication for a second to kind of illustrate what he's talking about with the value of the empty spaces, think about a wheel. What makes a wheel functional and usable in a car is the hole at the center that the axle can go through, that empty space in the center. What makes a room usable is the empty space inside the room that we can go into. So listen for the empty spaces and think about what's in those. And BTW, B-B-I-A-M, which means, by the way, be back in a moment. And we are coming up to the end of our show here, so I want to say T-Y, which means thank you. Thank you for joining us today as we've talked about communication. We look forward to having you join us again next Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America channel.
Thank you for joining Kmar and D. Lee for Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week. Bye.